are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on this Friday edition of the show. It's episode number five this week of five. Download it into your phone when you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles, wherever you get your podcast. It can be the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We are available on all platforms. And then we're on Twitter as well at Locked on Birds at DiBiase, L-O-E, and then at GC24 underscore football. Gino, my man, this is the final episode of the week. And then we start up next Monday with our final mock draft Monday. And then we have Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday is the start of round one, man. It's here and uh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see some results. I love speculation season, but I'm ready to just see what actually happens now. You know, we're kind of at that point where not draft fatigue, but I think speculation fatigue is the right word. Right. It's that point where you just want to take the test. Like I yeah. put up my last mock draft today. I'm not going to do any more. I've done them at, at nauseum. I can only know so many combinations of that first 11 picks before it gets to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think we have a pretty good understanding of what's going to happen. I, when I was listening to, I think it was ESPN uh, NFL live yesterday, forgot which one of the hosts it was, but they were saying that they genuinely believe that the Eagles are in that best player available type discussion at 12. And I tweeted out today that this class really reminds me of 2014, where it's just so top heavy. Like the first 15 picks were so good. And then you got to like 20 where Philly was and they ended up trading out of there after Brandon cooks and haha Clinton Dix get picked. And then they don't have the pick of the litter and they end up with Marcus Smith this time around. It's a much heavier quarterback class. They're much closer to the top portion of that independent group that we're talking about that top end tier one group mm. and when I look at it they're going to walk away with the tier one player in my eyes because you're going to have four quarterbacks go with those first four picks you have seven more guys to go I have about 12 to 14 tier one players on my board I think you can walk away with any one of those guys and I would ultimately be happy with it yeah I'm kind of in the sentiment right now that like 12 I'm comfortable because I do think that one of those receivers or corners are going to be there. I just wish we'd be a little bit closer, maybe through a trade-up to guarantee you get one of those four. And if not, I'm at the point now where, again, like a Rashad Bateman's too early at 12. I think the same, same thing with Greg Newsom or Asante Samuel. Maybe I'm too receiver corner heavy in this discussion, but that's really what I want in round one, and I love mm-hmm. the prospects at the top and bottom. So maybe a move down. I just, I don't know, at 12, it's like I think you're going to get one, but I'm nervous what happens is those top four receivers and corners that we have a chance at are gone, and then you're sitting at 12, it's like, well, we're, it's too early for Bateman or Newsom, and they end up taking a, you know, Rashawn Slater, Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips. But at the same time, I mean, it's not a terrible thing if they take a lineman, but, you know, no matter what, I'm just ready to see what happens, and that will be on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Some uh, programming updates for you guys. Me and Gino will be live starting at 7 o'clock with our pre-draft live show on StreamYard, on Twitter, at Lockdown Birds, on our YouTube page as well. And then we will be going live up until the Eagles draft at 12th overall or wherever they're picking. And also Lockdown NFL, we're teaming up with the Draft Network. The Lockdown NFL channel is also doing a live show. So you're going to see me and Gino on that show as well. It's a jam-packed Thursday next week. So again, follow all our accounts, subscribe to the podcast, and get ready for a really fun weekend 
across the NFL. And we've got you covered right here on Locked on Eagles. Let's wrap up this final week before the draft, Gino, with some more receiver talk, but it's more in-depth here. I want to talk about, you know, we've, we've speculated about who they could take, who fits, um, what other options they could take if it's not in round one. Could they come back into round one at the bottom? Who are some second-round prospects, third round, guys that they have already on the team? But one thing we haven't really talked about, people hear us and on other platforms a lot discuss receiver, and we brought up before the X, Y, and Z positions at receiver. And we kind of don't really go in depth and explain how those spots impact your decisions and the type of players that fit in each spot, right? Sometimes you hear people say, well, you can't draft that receiver because he's more of a a Z or Y and you already have those spots. You need a more X like receiver. I want you, since you're the guy more so the scout that has this really good understanding of the differences here. Why don't you describe to the listeners what exactly an X receiver is and maybe what the difference is between X, Y, and Z. So the way I look at it, somebody who's always had a Sony console in their life, when you're playing the X position, you press X. You're always against press coverage in man. I think that's the easiest way to remember that. You press X, you're going to have somebody up against the line with you. That's got to be somebody who's, I I always use Devontae Adams is probably the easiest example. He's always going to be at the line of scrimmage directly there. He's always looking over at the line judge to make sure he's not covering the offensive tackle. He's going to have the number one receiver on him. And you think a guy is around the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, you think of that top tier. And when you look at evaluating wide receivers, Ben Solak, former host of the show, one thing that I always think of that he said is that if they can't play X, they're instantly moved down his board. And I think that's a great way to look at it. And when you're making that pick and that pick that we made last year in Jalen Rager, you're making him with the presumption that you can get an X receiver from what a Y or Z receiver is. A Z receiver plays directly off the line. The Y receiver is more of that move type player, more the guy that's going to be in motion a lot of the time. He's going to be in the slot for you most of the time as well. But when it comes down to it, if they can't play X, now you have to figure out how can we get them open. And I think that's the kind of overhaul that we had to put in our minds when we're thinking – when we drafted Jalen Rager. He's not an X receiver right now, and Mm -hmm. he might not even be an X receiver this year. But if you can get him in that Z receiver position where he's Mm -hmm. two to three yards off the line, like Deshaun Jackson, who Dan Hatman, who was the former general manager of Jets and Giants, who was also the scouting academy instructor, the first player he told to me to describe the Z receiver position was Deshaun Jackson. He always said, at Cal, he, he couldn't get off a press, but when he has two to three yards to give you a cushion, he's going to zip by you zero to 60. And I think that's what, if you were to go out and get Devontae Smith, who could play the X, or even a guy like Rashad Bateman or a guy like Austin Watkins later in the draft for you, then you can allow your Y receiver and your Z receiver to get in motion, to be like a Tyreek Hill, to be like a Paris Campbell, for example, that Nick Sirianni had last year in Indianapolis, those guys that work well in space. And if you've looked at the receivers that have played under Sirianni, they have to have that yards after the catch ability. And that's what you get a lot out of the Z and Y receiver positions where an X is going to win those 50-50 matchups. He's going to be playing the top guy all the time. He's going to be on, to for people around in the 2010s, Revis Island almost. They're going to be on that exclusive 
travel across the field with the cornerback, a guy who can do it all, Jamar Chase, a guy even like Devonta Smith for you that can do that, Rashad Bateman, any of those individuals, Lou, I think you solve that mm. X receiver position, no questions asked. And all those guys can come in and run routes well for you, get off the line with their release. They can beat any size cornerback. They can beat guys that are smaller, that are quick twitch. They can beat guys that are bigger because – I mean, even Devonta Smith, who's the smaller out of all of them, and Jalen Waddle, they're just too fast for anybody to cover. And that's what you're going to see. Ignore the frame. Ignore how much they weigh. If those guys can get open against SEC competition, they can get open in the NFL, especially when you have offensive minds like Nick Sirianni, who's done that in the past. And I'm very encouraged to see what he does with that wide receiver position because just hearing him talk about it, he's ramped up and ready to go with the guys that he has there already. And they're going to add a bunch of them in the next week or so. Yeah, it's a great description, really laid out everything there needs to be known about what the difference is between X receivers, you know, Z and Y. Like you said, typically the X receiver, that's where your best guy plays because he's going to be facing press man coverage the majority of the time. And like you said, the Z and the Y, those guys can rotate in motion playing off the line of scrimmage. Typically, you have the smaller, more quick twitch, you know, like last year, the KJ Hamlers. You might not have wanted KJ Hamler in round one over, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk or Justin Jefferson, because do you believe he can ever play the X or Z? Maybe not. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what the Eagles really do need right now. But at the same time, they just really need wide receiver production in general. So I just wanted to get that out of the way and kind of describe that because again, you've heard a lot on this podcast and on other podcasts and in articles, it's like, you know, he's an X receiver. He's a Y and he's a Z. Not everybody knows. Some people just think, well, you know, one receiver lines up on one side, one mm -hmm. lines up on the other, one's inside, and they all kind of are the same. But there are differences in those certain spots at wide receiver. And Gino, in the past, the Eagles have gone big, at least lately, at X, right, with the likes of Alshon mm -hmm. Jeffrey with drafting. I imagine when they drafted J.J. Ortega Whiteside in the second round, they envisioned him being your future X but I don't think, and like you said, and we're going to get more into it coming up right after this break, that doesn't necessarily rule out certain types of receivers when it comes to body types and styles for them to draft that can be X receivers, but also just shouldn't be off your board in general, even if they can't play the X. So that's what we're going to get into coming up next right here on this Friday edition of Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words, 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and they're fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Friday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Guys, next Thursday is the NFL draft and this year the Locked on Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL draft live. Get insight and analysis from local experts like myself and Gino and the Jeff Draft Network's national experts subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, April 29th through May 1st. Gino and me are wrapping up this week, getting into the difference between the X receiver position, the Y receiver position, and the Z, and getting into what style of receiver fits those and what the Eagles need 
at the position in general. And like we said, Gino, you did a great job of describing what the difference is between those three spots and what it takes to be an X. It's normally the top receiver that faces press man coverage consistently. So you want a guy that can separate consistently on his own and also can, you know, go up and get those 50-50 balls because sometimes it's harder to separate against press man coverage. But does that rule out certain types of receivers for the Eagles in this draft considering they really need an X? Because like you said, Jalen Rager, probably going to be a Z, at least for the next few years, at least next year in his career. They've kind of gone big at X the past few years. Elshon Jeffrey, they tried it with, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Even you can go back to 2016, right, with Doriel Green-Beckham. They've kind of gone for that bigger style at the X. But, Gino, I don't think they have tunnel vision, and I don't think certain teams should have tunnel vision when it comes to the X. Like you said, just because the X faces press man coverage more than anybody doesn't mean that you have to be this six, six, you know, 200 and, you know, whatever, 30, 40 pound wide receiver. You talk about a guy that is kind of tied with this X, Y, and Z discussion. It's Devonte Smith from Alabama because he weighed in what he was like 166 pounds in Indianapolis. But to me, you don't have to be big and physical to win off the line of scrimmage. When you have explosiveness, you can be small and be an X. If you can separate and be the elite route runner that Devontae Smith is, and who, by the way, he's skinny, but he's got a crazy wingspan. So good luck getting, if he gets his hands on you first and he's got that kind of pull and that reach, that makes him very difficult. So you look at a guy like Devontae Smith, just because he's not an Alshon Jeffrey type, doesn't mean he can't be an X. I think if Devontae Smith comes to the Eagles at 12, he is your X who can also, he just so happens that he can play the Y and Z as well. Yeah, he could really play anywhere, which is the great thing about Devonta Smith. And when I look at Devonta Smith, I, I don't really worry about the weight because I look at a guy in Buffalo and Stefan Diggs, who yeah. isn't the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He just runs routes well. He understands the game and he knows how to get open. And you can win with a lot of different guys like that. And Jalen Waddle, even if he came here at five foot, whatever he is, five foot nine, five ten there's still a chance that he is a guy that they would look to put at the X receiver position sure. because it's all about matchups. We talk about that. You don't need, I mean, you don't need to go down a roster these days and say, Oh, we need a wide receiver. Who's at least six foot three. We need a wide receiver. Who's five eleven and runs good routes. That's that possession type receiver. I mean, it kind of was very mold worthy a few mm -hmm. years ago. And now that mold is kind of just, fizzled away and on the defensive side of the ball we're always looking for the, these positionless type players you need that on offense as well and when you look at a lot of these guys I would say outside of Jamar Chase in the top let's say five or six of these receivers right all of them have question marks if they're a true x but at the same time they all have done it in college they all have been the guy they all have had a high amount of target share at their respective universities and these players can win off the line in many different ways. Like we talk about Rashad Bateman being an X and Devonta Smith. Those two guys win completely different ways. I mean, exactly. Elshon Jeffrey was an X. And then you go and look at Kansas City. I mean, do they really even have an X receiver? Do I mean, they have a guy that wins one-on-one -on -one matchups all the time? I mean, right. it's Tyreek Hill, but at the same time, he's a Y receiver. He's a Z receiver. You need guys like that. But you also have to win those man-on-man matchups, and I think a lot of what the Eagles passing game boiled down to the last couple of years and why it really stuttered is because you were trying to win in the way of 
Z and Y receivers, but that only works when you have the fear of having an X receiver to worry about. Because when they can hone in on your Y receiver and they know he's going to get the ball in space, yeah, we'll just throw another guy to his side. And that's why you saw Jalen Rager struggle a lot last year. He never really got off the ball at TCU. He was going off against off coverage and a lot of these zone type coverages. Devonta Smith did that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, he's not just going to play X even if you draft him. He's going to play all over the field, and that's what we have to remember. Any guy that they draft, they are looking at versatility above everything. Yeah. At the offensive line, defensive line, defensive backfield, linebacker, whatever position you want to name it, they have to be versatile. And I think if you make that position pick at wide receiver at 12, you 100% fill that X receiver role. And then even if you trade back up and get a guy like Rashad Bateman, I mean, there's a chance that Kadarius Toney even could have a chance to play X for you or Nico Collins or Amon Ross St. Brown, any of those guys in the second round. It's just how are you going to use them? Are you going to put them in the best position? Because if you try to put a square peg in a round hole and put a guy like Jalen Rager up at the line against press coverage that he never faced and never was the best route runner in the world, He's going mm-hmm. to see problems. You have to set your guys up for success and realize what they do well. It just happens to be that Devonta Smith does a lot of things very well, and it happened to lead him to a Heisman and two back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons, yeah. which would come to Philadelphia and help us out a ton at that X receiver position. Yeah, and look, again, like you said, the reason the Eagles struggled a lot last year is because they didn't have that true X, but that doesn't mean – just because they were going smaller receiver, that wasn't the issue. The issue mm-hmm. was they just didn't have a receiver that they was... didn't have a man-beater. They right, didn't have exactly. a man-beater at all. Right. So some people will see the Chiefs and they'll see the Eagles and be like, okay, they just didn't have an X because they didn't have a tall receiver. No, they just didn't have a guy, like we're saying, that can create separation consistently on their own without you know manufactured touches and without it being because you're off the line of scrimmage or because you're in motion. So that's the thing is... The X receiver spot is not normally where your biggest receiver is. It's normally where your best receiver is. It's normally where your yeah. best separator is. It's like the is, three hole in baseball. It's like yeah. you don't want your most powerful guy there. You don't want the biggest guy there. You want the most overall gifted player yeah. at that position. I mean, you look at the number three hitter in baseball. They're there for a reason. You got the big guns like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, all those guys fit in that three, four hole. That's what you're looking for with an X receiver, that type of mold. And just because you're not an X starting off in your career, Gino, Jalen Rager right now isn't an X, but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. just because he didn't face it at TCU doesn't mean he can't be that in the NFL. It's kind of another discussion of college production and what you are versus what you Mm -hmm. can be coming into the NFL. Because there's some big guys, man, that also coming into the NFL weren't X's. Look at Jordan Mm -hmm. Matthews. Jordan Matthews was a big slot receiver. He never was your X. So just because you're a big receiver doesn't mean you are a X receiver. It's again about separation and the styles can be different. Yeah. Are normally X receivers, do they tend to be bigger and more complete? Sure. But that doesn't mean you can't have a small, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, Nick Sirianni said it the other day in a press conference, he was asked about this question and he said that T.Y. Hilton was an X for him. He's had many different styles of X receivers. So that doesn't, that doesn't take guys like Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle off the board. It doesn't mean Jalen Rager can't be an X. It doesn't mean if you want like Kadarius Tony at the end of the first round or with that 37th pick that you just take him off the board because, Oh, he doesn't fit the, the typical mold, the traditional mold of an X receiver. Mm-hmm. There really isn't a certain mold. And I'm confident the Eagles won't have that kind of tunnel vision because although yes, lately it's been Alshon, Jay jaw, Doriel green Beckham, They've also been very interested in receivers with different body types. They brought back Deshaun Jackson. 
They drafted Jalen Rager, John Hightower, and Greg Ward. Like those aren't the biggest guys. They liked Hollywood Brown in 2019. Mm-hmm. They liked Mikael Hardman in 2019. Loved Hardman. They that loved was, exactly. That was going Great to be point. the pick. It was that going was to their be guy. The yeah. And if you read the athletic story, the scouts wanted Paris Campbell at 52, yes. whereas Jeffrey Lurie was the one that wanted Jaw. So there is everything is on the table for the Eagles at receiver based on the track record over the last several years. Totally agree. And that, and that's the thing, Lou. And I look at this draft class, especially, I mean, the body sizes of these guys, it's not like you have giants in this class. Like it is a, right. Who's the biggest guy in round one, Terrace Marshall, probably. I mean, if you're putting Terrace Marshall in round one, like that's, that's a completely different discussion, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly the thing, right? Like a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, like you talk about, you can use him as a big slot at the same time. You could use him as an X receiver. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing. I love that Nick. I forgot that Sirianni even mentioned the T.Y. Hilton thing because that's exactly what I look at. I look at T.Y. Hilton. I look at Adam Thielen. I look at Stefan Diggs, the guys that can win with good route running and they're able to separate. Like Van Jefferson, for example, last year, yep. Lou, guy's an X receiver, runs a four, five, five, but he knows how to run routes well. He knows how to beat press, and you got him in the second round. Well, look they at the Rams, have- man. I mean, that's a perfect example of a team that has X receiver. I mean, they don't have a giant receiver. Right. I mean, but they still have. I mean, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, those guys can play the spot. So, again, it's yeah, just not putting the- it in a box. Yeah, and, and if you go out there next year and say you drafted Terrace Marshall and you just throw him out there at the X every year, you're, a team's going – or every game, a team's just going to game plan against that. Yes, like you, you have multiple to get guys that can do it. Yeah. You have to get innovative at every single position. You're going to see times that Quez Watkins, John Hightower, and Jalen Rager are off in a bunch. Devonta Smith is on the backside, or you'll see two-by-two two sets where you see uh, – I mean, you'll probably see two tight ends out wide at one point, maybe even Jay mm-hmm. Jaw, and then two smaller guys. They want to play it like a basketball team. They want to give you – Every different matchup that they can. They're not, that's why we talked about the Justin Jefferson pick being redundant. Like, even though he is a better player, we just didn't want the redundancy in the game plan because when you get redundant in the NFL, teams figure you out like the back of their hand. And that was the Eagles' problem the last two years. We need to get away from that. Even if you go and draft Devonta Smith, he's going to play multiple different positions for you. Well, because it's even Geno, because just because a guy is the best X receiver, that doesn't mean you don't want to move him around too to get your best receiver right. with easier matchups. It's why you see in the NFL so many teams using Julio Jones in the slot at times. And A.J. Green did this a lot the last few years with Cincinnati mm-hmm. because, again, just because he's an X and can win the best of anybody on your team with press man coverage, you don't always want to have to have him be in that tif- difficult spot. And like you right. said, if you are if you have that complacency and you're kind of one-dimensional with your other receivers, then that guy has to stay there. And so you want to have multiple people be able to play the X too. Yeah, absolutely. Because Devonta Smith, like even though he's great at separating against press, some of his greatest plays in college come against splitting zo- uh, zones and just knowing right. how to run the route well enough to, to get the safety to bite one way so he can just put his foot in the ground and the ball is there when he turns around on a post route. I mean, that's what you have to understand is that these guys are going to be in different matchups. Mm-hmm. And even if you draft Jalen Waddle and your starting offense doesn't have a receiver over six foot tall, you still have an X and you're still yeah. going to have guys that can win off the line of scrimmage because Jalen Waddle can do that. He's done it in college, not as much as Devonta has, but at the same time, you don't want to limit his yak ability by just putting him up against man coverage all the time. You're going to want to get him on those quick bubble screens. You're going to want to get him on a one 
step slant route across the middle and just get the ball in space. Talk about these guys, Paris Campbell, Miko Hardman. They haven't developed into that X receiver role, but at the same time, they also have guys there that can play the X receiver role and mm-hmm. they don't really have to worry about it and they can play to their strengths. So if you get a guy that can do that and Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Coyce Watkins pop down the depth chart one or two spots, maybe they're a little more comfortable in those roles. Maybe the offense runs a little more smoothly when you don't have to worry about Jalen Rager going up against a six foot one corner who has to play press against a guy who right. is barely 180 pounds soaking wet. So. I mean, I mean, we're not going to talk about weight with Devonta Smith, but that's two different stories with him yeah. and Jalen Rager. But at the same time, I fully believe you walk away with three receivers in this class, all three of them are going to be different body sizes. They're all going to have different athletic profiles. They're all going to have different abilities and what they do well with. Because if you just cookie cutter everybody, you're going to be running the wing tee and nobody's going to be good enough and you're just going to have to right. hard-nose football down the field. It's just, once again, the theme that we continue to talk about on this podcast over the last few years when, you, when we do draft talk is like just be open-minded and not yes. just be so set in your ways. Like This is what an X receiver is. This is what it's supposed to look like. And then you miss out on some really good talent because you're set in your philosophy and you aren't willing to adapt. And then you're going to miss out on a guy like Devontae Smith, who I think mm-hmm. is clearly an outlier when it comes to, you know, yeah, there's not a lot of receivers that come in at that weight that thrive, but that doesn't mean it's impossible, right? There's guys right. like Josh Allen that come in that, yes, normally when you're that bad statistically at the college level, normally you don't do better at the NFL, but that doesn't mean if they have the physical abilities, you can't develop him into something more. And so I right. think that's a really good discussion that I like that we're having on this show. We will wrap up this edition of Lockdown Eagles. Coming up next, we got to hit one more break. And shout out another one of our sponsors. It's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. 18 amazing flavors. You've got six new ones right now. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. A ton of unique flavors. 12 OGs. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie and the orange chocolate. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and it's great for the health-conscious guy or gal. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories in every bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKED15, that's all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri wrapping up this Friday edition of Locked On Eagles. It's the final show until draft week. We've got four episodes for you. we got Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday next week, and then we're going to go live on Thursday starting at 7 p.m. And also we have our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 available on all platforms, including the Odyssey app. Myself and Gino, we made our pick at number 12. That was episode three. We've had shows from the 19th, and we're going to have it through the 26th on any podcast platform. Just search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Lockdown and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts like we had Michael Irvin talking about our pick. That was kind of cool. Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, and then, of course, all our local experts, including Gino and I, making picks for all of our teams. Again, search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 wherever you get your shows, including the new Odyssey app. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, wrapping up this receiver talk. Gino talking about X, Y, and Z. And I think, again, the Eagles need an X, right? And that's typically where you're – it's kind of more so just talking about how the Eagles need an X. That's us saying, in another way, the Eagles still need their wide receiver one. And so that's kind of more so the theme here. But at the same time, even if a guy might not 
traditionally translate to the X spot, the Eagles should not take that guy off the board. Number one, of course, because it doesn't mean they can't do it. But number two, if there's a guy like even Elijah Moore, like let's say you do miss out on, you know, Jamar Chase is going to be gone. Let's say you miss out on Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell as well. And you're picking at 37 and, you know, Terrace Marshall's gone to maybe Kadarius Tony as well. You don't take Elijah Moore off your board just because I don't think, and I agree, I don't think he's going to ever be an X, right? I just think he's too small. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that he's kind of like KJ Hamler last year. He's going to be a great dependable receiver for you, but he's going to do the majority of that work inside, right? Like Mm -hmm. 90% of the time. But the Eagles at the same time, man, like they need a true wide receiver one, but they also just need wide receiver production. They do need a slot receiver as well right now. So if you can get Elijah Moore at 37 or move up just a little bit to grab him, you don't take him off your board because he's not going to develop into a wide receiver one. He might end up being, though, one of the best slot receivers in football and that you need as well. So just don't take anything off the board when it comes to receiver. And I, I don't think the Eagles will. Totally. I think when you look at sports, like look at Kevin Durant, for example, like an absolute freak and out of the ordinary of your typical power forward, you know, mm-hmm. usually a power forward, six foot eight, they're a bigger guy, somebody who can be down low and get some rebounds for you. You don't not draft him, Kevin Durant, because you need to fill that position. Right. You know, like that you you take the skill set and figure out what they can do best and you make it win. You don't not draft a blue trip chip prospect or a high-end prospect on your board because, oh, he doesn't fit the mold. Mm-hmm. No, you change the mold. Adaptability is everything. And flexibility creates opportunity, Lou, is a, a Howie yeah, Roseman. Like the great Howie goal. said. <laughs> so you have the flexibility to make opportunities happen for these players anywhere on your board. And that's the thing, Lou, like I'm not going to be mad when I see a wide receiver taken as long as it's a good player. I mean, there are some bad wide receivers in this draft. If they take a good one, I'm confident in Sirianni right now. He's the one guy in that building that I am confident in. I believe in his energy. I believe where he's going with this team. I believe with a young core, you're going to get guys to play and get ready for him and play tough and want to run through walls for this guy because You look at Indy last year, who had the exact same type of scenario on offense the past couple seasons, Lou. Outside of T.Y. Hilton, they had a very, very young core there. I mean, their Mm -hmm. offensive line was all young. Their stable of running backs were young. Their wide receivers outside of T.Y. were young. Last year, he has a group of Michael Pittman and, I mean, Marcus Johnson and Paris Campbell. And T.Y. Hilton's hurt a lot of the time, and they're still able to win games because you know what he did? He maximized what they did best, and ultimately that's what it comes down to. It doesn't matter where you get these guys on your board, what their skill sets are. If you don't have the coaching staff, much like they did not last year and probably the year before that, to utilize these guys' strengths and put them in positions to win and not do the square peg in a round hole, which we love to say on this show, I think you can make things happen. And if they walk away... You know, they don't get one on night one, Lou, and they go into day two, and they do walk away with an Elijah Moore or Rondell Moore or Kadarius Tony, Or Jalen Darden even. Jalen Darden or any of those guys, for example. Even on day three, there's guys we love. I'm not going to be upset because the guys they have there, I believe, can put them in the right positions to win. And especially with Sirianni's track record, of being this quote-unquote wide receiver whisperer, which I saw uh, our mm-hmm. friends at PSN label him today. I, I think that's a good way to look at it. They have gotten good play 
out of their wide receivers and not having the top end skill sets. Look at Michael Pittman, a guy who you don't really know what to do with him. He's six foot four, not the fastest guy in the world, but he runs routes well. So you know what? We're going to put him in a position to run routes well. Paris Campbell doesn't run routes well. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put him in a position to get the ball five yards off the line of scrimmage and take the ball to the house. T.Y. Hilton, undersized X receiver, but you know what? He has the speed. He has the quickness. He has the understanding of reading zones and leverage on player. You could put him in a position to win. I'm taking that mindset if I'm Nick Sariani and I'm Howie Roseman and they're collaborative like they are saying and it kind of feels that way, Lou. It kind of feels like there there wasn't as much like I would say batting of the heads in that press conference between Well, at least like, not yet, you know. Yeah, no, a couple of years. For sure. We'll but I mean <laughs> Peterson, especially coming out of that whole Chip Kelly regime, there is ultimately going to be that power struggle. Howie kind of seems to find his balance when he makes mistakes, you know? So he has to find his balance now and realize that he has to collaborate with the skill position coaches, with the quarterbacks coach, with the wide receiver, cornerback coach, all the way down to these assistant coaches and these assistant scouting coordinators that know the information and don't just go awry. Stick to the plan and they'll be okay. Like if they go off the plan, things are going to get messy Mm -hmm. like they did last year. Stick with the plan. It will be just fine. We'll see what happens next Thursday is the start of the 2021 NFL draft at 8 p.m. Me and Gino will be back for our final mock draft Monday starting on Monday. Then we've got shows Tuesday and Wednesday, and then our live show starts at 7 o'clock on Thursday. So subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and then follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, at GC24 underscore football. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go birds. Fly Eagles fly.